Welcome to the Accra Community Church Podcast. COVID-19 has turned the world upside down. But is there any hope for us in these dark times? As you listen to God's word today, may it become for you fresh water for your thirsty soul, give you hope to cope, and wisdom to thrive, excel, and become everything God says you are. God bless you as you listen to today's sermon. And it's great to, to go and look at this book of Ephesians. And the, the passage I was given today is Ephesians chapter 2 from 1 to 10. And, you know, we're all looking at this um, uh, pandemic. And there's a guy, his name is Zachary. And in February, Zachary went with a number of his friends into a place called the Grand Canyon in the United States to go hiking and do some uh, going up and down on a river. And so Zachary and his friends in February went uh, down in the Grand Canyon. They cut off all communication with their friends. They were just by themselves. A number of weeks later, they came out from their hiking and canoeing trip, climbed back out of the Grand Canyon and met their friends who told them about the changed world that they were entering. Stores were closed, economies were crashing, and the whole world was in upheaval. And uh, Zachary and his friends joked and said, I think we want to go back down in the Grand Canyon because it was uh, more safe there. They were shocked that in just those few weeks that they were gone, the entire world had changed. And so they said, we need to go back down inside the Grand Canyon. And we wonder, where should we be in this um, pandemic? Where can we be safe? There is one continent on earth right now that is completely, completely free of the coronavirus. One continent. A number of countries have said that they are corona-free, but one continent, and that is the continent of Antarctica. So if you want to be completely free of the corona, then we can go to Antarctica, but make sure you bring warm, very warm clothes. So where should we be if we want to be free from corona? It's not the United States, which has more than a million cases. Ghana's cases are going up. Where should we be in relation to the corona, in relation to anything? Where should we be? Where is the safest place? Well, the best place to be is not in the Grand Canyon. The best place to be is not in Antarctica or in your houses. All those are fine places to be. But the very best place to be in this pandemic or in any situation, the best place to be is in Christ. Not in Antarctica, not in the Grand Canyon, but always, always, always we have to find ourselves in Christ. And in Ephesians, as I'm sure you're seeing, that term in Christ, with Christ, in him, is something we see again and again. And what do we receive when we are in Christ? There is a very special word that the Apostle Paul uses to describe the, what we receive when we are in Christ, and that word is this word called grace. And grace is simply God's kindness to us in Christ. And so in Ephesians chapter 2, the passage I'm reading today, is we see this word grace three times. Grace is not separate from Christ, it's not a substance, it's not a thing, but grace is God's favor to us in Christ. Grace is not a thing, it's not a substance, but it's Jesus in action, kindness, 
Jesus' kindness toward us, Jesus in action. So I want to read Ephesians chapter 2, 1 to 10. This is the Apostle Paul. As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins, in which you used to live, when you followed the ways of this world and of the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is at now at work in those who are disobedient. All of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our flesh, following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature deserving of wrath. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus, in order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not from yourselves, it is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Thank you, Jesus, for this passage. Help me to speak your words today. In Jesus' name, amen. So here we see this word grace talked about three different times. And then we also see about being in Christ, being in him. And grace is simply God's kindness toward us in Christ. Or we can also say it that it is Jesus' goodness toward us, Jesus in action. And what I want us to learn today is that when we look at ourselves, whether it's in a time of pandemic or wherever, the place to be is always in grace. Grace is our place. That's my theme for today. Grace is our place. Not Antarctica, not the Grand Canyon. Grace is our place, mercifully, daily, and eternally. Grace is our place mercifully. Grace is never something we deserve. Grace is Jesus in action toward us. And we don't deserve Jesus' favor. We don't deserve his goodness to us. Grace is never something we deserve. We don't deserve God's goodness to us in Christ. Grace is mercy. And mercy means we are not given the punishment that we deserve. There's a guy in the United States. He lived in the United States for 61 years. His name was Friedrich. Friedrich Berga. And just a few months ago, the United States said to Friedrich, we don't want you anymore. Go back to Germany. Friedrich had lived in the United States for 61 years. Why would the United States, after this guy has lived in a quiet community in Tennessee, lived here for 61 years, why would the United States say to Friedrich, we don't want you anymore? And they deported him because they discovered that Friedrich many years ago in World War II was a, worked in a concentration camp that treated its prisoners horribly. And many, many people died, Jews, Russians, Polish people. Many people died under Friedrich's watch. 
And so the United States, it came to their attention. They said, Friedrich, you're deported. We don't want you anymore. So they deported him. But what was interesting is how they discovered Friedrich in the first place. There was a ship that had been underwater. It had been bombed in World War II, and then it was raised up. And among the items that survived in the ocean were a number of cards. And on these cards, one of them had Friedrich's name, and it described what he did at this concentration camp in Germany. And I thought when I read that, our sins are always open to God. Here was this ship that had been underwater for some years, raised up, and on that ship was a card that had Friedrich's name on it, and it showed what he had done. And then one thing led to another, and he's deported. 94 years old. We're never, ever escape the punishment of God, only in Christ and his mercy. And this passage says some things about us that we don't always think we are as bad, maybe, as the scripture says. But Apostle Paul says of us, apart from Jesus, that we were once dead in sin. This means we are separated from God, living without the life of God. We were dead because of our sins. It says we followed the prince of the power of the air, meaning the devil. We were in line with the devil. We followed our own desires, and it says we were children of wrath. Living this way was our nature. We live this way natu naturally. This is a very bleak picture of who we were. We were ruled by our desires rather than ruled by God. And it says we were children of wrath. We deserved God's punishment. And so here was this man, Friedrich, who for 61 years had lived in a quiet community, but it's his punishment, his deportation came upon him. Because God can say to us, that we are children of wrath, and we can say, well, I'm not that bad. But God has a different view. Apart from Christ, we are, in fact, children of wrath. Only in Jesus can we find mercy, in grace. And grace is always merciful. Grace is our place, mercifully. God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive in Christ. Then it says, we are saved by grace. This is used twice in verse 6 and verse 9. It is by grace you have been saved. God is the one who made us alive, not we ourselves. Grace is our place mercifully. The passage says God is rich in mercy. God is enormously rich. He can never become poor, and one of his riches is mercy, setting aside the punishment that people deserve. Jesus Christ is the greatest expression of God's mercy. Grace is our place mercifully. You know, it is most likely that this past week we've all done, said some things that we shouldn't have said. Maybe we've done some things, but we can find mercy in God. Grace is our place mercifully. Jesus extends mercy and he always has mercy for us. He is rich in mercy. God's goodness to us in Christ is not something we deserve. By grace, we have been saved. By grace, we follow Jesus. This salvation is in Christ, not in ourselves. Our only responsibility is to exercise faith in what Jesus has done for us. Trust in Jesus. And in Jesus, in grace, we find mercy. 
children of wrath, going from children of wrath to children of God. A number of years ago, in 1995, a young man named Timothy McVeigh parked a vehicle outside a federal building, a United States government building in Oklahoma, United States. He had some bombs inside the building, inside the truck, and it exploded, and 168 people died, including 19 children. It's a terrible, terrible tragedy. What was interesting to me is that a number of months later, after Timothy McVeigh was caught, sentenced, and he was given the punishment that he was going to be executed. And what was very interesting to me is that on the day of his execution, that usually in the United States, when somebody is going to be executed, there will be people protesting and saying, no, it is not right for people to be executed. It's not a fair punishment. But when Timothy McVeigh was executed, there were only a handful of protesters, just a few, because by and large, everyone across the United States felt that Timothy McVeigh being executed was getting what he deserved. What we deserve as children of wrath is we do deserve God's punishment, but in grace, we are given mercy. Grace is our place mercifully. By grace, we have been saved, and it is by grace that whenever we mess up, we can come to God and say, God, forgive me. And God is rich in mercy. We can never take mercy away from God and he becomes impoverished. He has enough for us. He'll never become poor in mercy. So let's all walk in grace. Grace is our place. Grace is our place mercifully. And we all need God's mercy in this pandemic because our patience can run short. We can become anxious about our, about our future. But grace is our place mercifully. We need the mercy of God. We're all cooped up in our homes. We can run short of patience with each other. But God, who is rich in mercy, our place is grace mercifully. Second, our place is, our place is grace not just mercifully, but our place is grace daily. Day by day, Jesus gives us grace for living. And he is working to transform us. He is, we are under his care and development. Verse 10 says, we are the workmanship of Jesus, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. We are the workmanship of Jesus, and we were created in him for good works, that we should walk in them. Our life is to be a daily demonstration, a daily practice of active good works that reveal our salvation, not earn our salvation. Walking in good works, we are under the workmanship and grace of Jesus. Day by day, he is molding us, he is transforming us by his grace, and he is empowering us. A number of years ago, I worked as an editor at a Christian book publishing house. And one of the books I was editing was a book about all the Bible characters. It would take a page or two and give a study of each of the characters in the Bible. It was a fat book. And as I was editing that book, time and again, a lot of these people in the Bible, they started out very strong and then they would mess up. We can think of David or Solomon. 
And as I was editing that book, I became a little bit anxious, in fact, a bit frightened. I was looking at these people and I thought, is this also my future as well? And here I was editing, doing well, but my future was going to be a failure. I was going to fall into sin and mess up. And so I actually made an appointment with my pastor to get together with him and talk about this. And he told me, he assured me, he said, Jeff, your destiny in Christ, according to Ephesians, is to be conformed to the image of Christ, that day by day you are his workmanship. And so here we have that for all of us, that grace is our place daily. Jesus is our source, our substance to help us, to transform us, that our destiny is not to, of failure, but of a great, great future. Grace is our place daily. Look at your lives, and this is a great way to measure us. How are we doing? It says we are in Christ to do good works. So we can look at our lives and say, are we doing good things? Are we walking in goodness? If you're not, don't throw yourself into despair, but acknowledge your sin and receive Jesus' mercy Receive Jesus' mercy and his daily power. Enter into the good works that Jesus has prepared for you. This is good news. God loves you so much, and he knows you so intimately that he has good works for you to do. He places you where you can blossom and flower. He knows you better than you know yourself. When you follow him and walk with him, you are truly, truly alive. Grace is our place. Mercifully, in Christ, in grace, we find mercy. In grace, in Christ, we find his transforming power daily. Our place is grace mercifully, daily. And then finally, grace is our place eternally. God's grace will be for, toward us on eternally, eternally. It says here that, that we are seated with Christ in heavenly places. That doesn't seem like our situation today at all. We're cooped up in our homes. There is trouble all around us. This seems like a strange verse to tell us that we are seated with Christ in heavenly places. Because in our homes right now, there's a pandemic swirling all around us, and we are all trying not to catch us. How can it say that we are seated with Christ in heavenly places? But in one sense, we are. Because we are where Christ is. Jesus is in us. We are in him. Cases of COVID in Ghana are edging towards 6,000. Where I am, we have more than 1 million and more than 70,000 people have died. But because we are in Christ, we are also with him where he is. And this is a taste of the reality that we will one day experience fully. Paul writes that in the coming ages... God will reveal the immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. When Paul was writing that many years ago, he was saying in the coming ages, and he did not put an end time on that. Throughout all of history, human history, the gospel will be preached. It will not be corrupted. It will not be changed. All through the ages, we will see the immeasurable riches of Christ's grace. And then in heaven also, when all of us are gathered round about, we will all see the great riches of Christ's Jewish home. But one day, he threw away anything related to his Jewish faith. He threw it away. 
and he rejected God. But one day as he was reading a novel, the main character in the novel prayed. And so this author who was reading that novel said, well, if that guy in that novel can pray, I'll pray also. So he said three words, thank you, God. And then he went to sleep. The next morning he woke up and he said, everything was different. That short prayer, through that short prayer, God's grace reached him. And God began to change his life, that short prayer before he went to bed. Thank you, God. And he woke up in the morning completely different. And day by day, he grew in grace. Just from the short prayer, God's grace is always there. Grace is our place. So as we're in this pandemic, even when the pandemic is gone, let's remember that of all the places we can be, in our homes, wherever, the place that is safest to be is always in grace. Grace is our place, mercifully, daily, and eternally. Thank you, Jesus, for Accra Community Church. Thank you for your grace toward us. May we always find that grace is our place. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Thank you. Thank you so much, Pastor Jeff. Amen. amen. Grace is our place. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. amen. Thank you so much for blessing us with God's word. So Thank you for the privilege. Because we are doing a study of Ephesians, we also make room for questions. Okay, so Jeff, when you talk about um, good works, what are you talking about? You know, I mean, working for to earn it and just working as good works. Can you just give us um, the differentiate? Yeah, well, it says here that we're that that we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works. Is it's the things we do in Christ, the things we do in Christ that demonstrate our salvation. God has not called us to sit down and do nothing. He's He's called us to an active faith, not to a dead faith, but to an active faith. And it's through good works that we reveal, we show. We demonstrate to the world who Jesus is. Jesus said the same, same thing basically in Matthew chapter 5. By your good works, people will see the Father who is in heaven. So we're, And James, uh, Gospel of James says it as well, that we are called to an active faith. The works, the things that Jesus has called us to do to demonstrate the glory and goodness of God. They don't earn our salvation. They simply reveal it. They display it. Amen. And so it's a way for us to examine ourselves. If we're people who, are, who are, are not doing good things, it can demonstrate to us, well, maybe I'm not quite right with Jesus, because if I'm right with Jesus, I should be someone who's doing good things. Yes. Now, Francis, please go. Yeah. So, okay. So, you know, we know that once you're saved, um, you know, you receive Christ uh, as Lord and Savior, you are saved. Is there such thing as being unsaved or that is from, you know, you become saved and then through your actions or uh, whatever you, you, you lose that privilege. Is there such thing as, you know, basically, you know, reverting back to your unsaved nature after being saved before? Thank you. That's where you should be on mute, Pastor Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, 
know, that's a massive, massive question. And um, um, there are people who, great, great people who can line up on different sides of that topic. And, um, and all I know is that in 1 John, it says, when we walk in the light, as he himself is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sin. So I think that question is, just keep walking in Jesus. Just keep walking in Jesus and stay there. Grace is the place. Grace is the place. And uh, whether someone falls away and they can say, I was never in it. So that's proof. I fell away. That proves I was never in it or I was once in the faith and I lost. Don't go down there. Just keep yourself. Just, just walk in Jesus. Just stay in Jesus. And he keeps his own. He keeps his own. He'll keep you and uh, stay there. Grace is the place. Um, Francis, I'll leave that to you to read on that subject. And you land where you'd like to land or land where God leads you. But for me, I just stay in, just stay in the faith. Just stay there. No problem. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Pastor Brian, do you want to contribute to that question? Oh, there. I'm unmuted. Uh, no. No, <laughs> no I, I will. Uh, I appreciate that verse that Jeff referred to uh, also out of 1 John. And it talks about the fact that people have fallen away and they are simply revealing that they were never truly in the faith. Um, God calls it eternal life. Um, he doesn't call it semi-eternal life. He calls it eternal life. Um, and so I... I would tend to fall on the side of if you are genuinely a believer, like Jeff said, God will keep you. He will keep you. Um, but James also says, you know, even Satan can say that I believed certain things and he trembles because he knows he's not of the saved. So um, I, the only way we can know for sure, though, is exactly what Jeff said. Keep walking in Christ. Keep walking in Christ. First John talks a lot about it. You know, if you if you walk, if you walk, if you live in the Spirit, if you if you live in the light as He is in the light, you're going to know. First John was written. You know, the Gospel of John was written so that you would know how to have salvation. the The Epistle of First John was written so that you know that you have salvation. So one was written to show us, the gospel was written to show us how to become saved. First John was written to, to give us assurance that our, that our faith is genuine. And so I think it was Francis who asked the, the initial question. And Jeff said, you read on it. Spend some time in First John. Just go through that little epistle of First John. And I think God will show you. I mean, he, he wants you to know for sure. He doesn't want us to be walking constantly wondering, did I do it right? Did I pray the right prayer? Did I, he doesn't want that. And he, and he inspired the, the apostle John to write the epistle of first John so that we could know that we do have indeed eternal life. Thank you. Thank you, Pastor Brian. Uh, so Pastor Jeff, I think uh, there is a point you've made which is really critical, 
and that we could also easily miss. Anytime we teach the concept of grace, we refer to the scripture that says it is by grace that we are saved through faith in Christ Jesus. It is not of works, lest any man should boast. And normally, that is to discourage us, thinking that we can use good works or works as, a, as the price for grace. Right. And yet, what you're saying is that, no, salvation comes as a gift. We don't contribute to it. But for all that grace, when we are grateful, truly grateful for God's grace, as appreciation of that grace, we do good works. Amen. So there is good works that is because we so much appreciate what God has done for us, our eternal salvation in him, his provision, everything. We do good work so people can see us and see how we live and glorify him. But Amen. we don't do that thinking this is what will buy our salvation. Amen. We are doing this because we are grateful for his salvation. Amen. 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 So, so that's my... Uh, contribution uh, to that too. I think we can take one more question. NK. Yes. Can, can I add a contribution, please? please I'm yes. coming from a different angle. Okay. On, okay. I, I recall in, in high school when I gave my life to Christ and we had a visiting pastor who came and said, you know, he gave the call to Christ and I, and I did that. And he added that, you know, you're going to be a new creature and all that. So, in my mind, everything was going to be new. I was going to go out and be sinless, for lack of you no know, better words. So as I realized it didn't happen like that, in my mind, I wasn't saved. So every time a new pastor came, then I'll give my life to Christ. Because I thought, okay, I didn't do it well the first time. And that was because one, after the call to Christ, what people miss is that you need that mentorship to guide you through the process. So when that is missing, you are kind of on your own and trying to figure life out. So if you ask me today, when did I give my life to Christ? I can't give you an exact date because I must have done like four or five times until I realized, oh, this is not how it's supposed to be. It's a process to go through. And I think that's what the enemy does. He has a way of playing with your mind. So you have some Christians that started out very well. Some along the line, they backslide. And then they think, oh, this is so horrible. I cannot go back. So that must have not been genuine. And I am really, so they give up. So I think just another perspective that sometimes the mind plays tricks on you, especially when you don't have someone to guide you or mentor you through the process. It's easy to think that the experience wasn't a genuine one and you have unrealistic expectations of what the life is supposed to be. So it's, I think it's very important one to, to have someone to guide you through the process and to guide your mind. And the way to do that is to feed on the word and, and seek his face on that. So that, that's my contribution on that. Thank you, Jim. Yeah, that's a powerful, powerful contribution. Really, really powerful. And uh, like the scripture says here, we are his workmanship. So we're under his workmanship, you know, like a piece of clay working. We're not perfect. And uh, we're all being worked on, transformed. We all have our, our problems, our things that Jesus needs to work out. And I really appreciate uh, that contribution that we need uh, to know that it's a, it's a process and we need good mentors. Thank you very much for that. Amen. Amen. And I, I think also that, Jane, what you are calling uh, us to is the, is the need for discipleship. 
I think uh, it is uh, maybe the single biggest uh, missing ingredient in, 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 in the church today, you know, because discipleship requires that the one discipling is, is vulnerable and accessible. And in a, in a time when everybody wants to make it, uh, we all want to get as rich as Bill Gates and uh, the Amazon guy and all that. There's very little time. <laughs> There's very little time to, to mentor people, you know, and, and, and uh, this, is, this is the time for, 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 for quality discipleship. Amen. Can I follow up on that a little bit too, Nana Kofi? Um, if we remember the Great Commission, it does not say make converts. It says make disciples. And I think too often what we do is we get somebody to pray a prayer or whatever, and then we say, ah, done. Yeah. And that's not what we are called to do. We are called to make disciples. Mm. Now, salvation is a point in time. Sanctification, which I believe Janet is talking about, is a process. It's lifelong. Um, and I think we need to keep that in mind. We're not always going to feel like we're a Christian. Um, but that doesn't make the promise less true. Mm. Amen. Thank you so much. Uh, thank you for... Uh, once again, Pastor Jeff, thanks for the sermon. Thank you to everybody who contributed to this. Amen. Thank you for listening to today's sermon. If it blessed you, share it with a friend. For more information on how to fellowship with Accra Community Church on Zoom, visit our website, www.accrachurch.org. God bless you.